Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Xbox the Box and Xbox Podcast. My name is Peter Dream, and I'm with my good friend, Alice. Hi, Alice. How are you doing? Hi. And this time, um, Chief is the one recording, so it's not going to be a red view, but it's not going to be a lot we can celebrate today. So I think it's just us two for today. We, yeah. It's a more basic... I like I I, I I I tend to go for a more basic style. Like you like to switch between different camera views and add like videos and stuff, whereas I kind of just like to stick to the two cameras and a little bit of text in the middle. So yeah, it might be a bit different if if you're new to the channel. This might be a bit different to but it's how we used to record it. So it's kind of a throwback. <laughs> I got Tetris well, not... behind me as well, well which is nice. It's Tetris. basically a Thursday throwback anyway because it's coming out on Thursday. But that is unless if you check, catch it on the podcast services because that's a day early. Yeah, if you catch it early on an audio podcast, if you listen to the audio podcast, hello, audio listeners, uh, you won't notice any difference. It'll be exactly the same for you. But video listeners, it might be a little bit different, but not too much, probably. Not that noticeable because we've got the same overlay and everything. Uh, and I want to uh, thank But earlier this. Yeah, it's earlier oh. this week, we celebrated Pancake Day on the f- Tuesday. And it's like the Pancake yep. Day, the Pancake Day, the p- 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 Pancake Day. <laughs> pancake Day. We even got a short that contains the uh, music video. But if you check the description, you should be able to find the video link that leads to the music use, which is in the Maid Miriam mm. and the Vel- Merry Men of some sort. Uh, okay. I, I have no idea. <laughs> the, I, well, they just came out in the early 90s, so you may have not remembered <laughs> it. But it's just a, basically the anthem for Pancake Day almost, because it's sung yeah. by Danny Jules or some sort, the cat from uh, Red Dwarf. Oh, yes, I love, love Red Dwarf. I was going to say, um, oh, yeah, uh, so I was going to thank the video watchers, people who watch on, on YouTube. We we hit sixty nine subscribers. Very nice. Thank you guys for subscribing. Uh, we really appreciate it. Nice. Well, 69. it's a bit too late to say that because it's now like seventy one. But to the sixty ninth oh, listener, it's not as nice. Thank you. <laughs> if you were sixty, yeah, if you're the sixty ninth subscriber, nice. <laughs> very very <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, we appreciate it. Our channel started to grow quite nicely, which I really really appreciate. We really thank you for that. Thank you for subscribing. It means a lot. And we're still trying to add stuff to the channel and grow. We're still experimenting with content. Uh, we were talking about naughty stuff. I was going to mention that in our video about Metroid, we did our Metroid Prime uh, spin-off uh, episode outside the box. Someone yes. said that this is the first time they've ever heard it called the Halo Killer. And that makes me realise how old we are. We're, we're both... <laughs> it was a Halo Killer because it came out just after Halo. And he goes, What's, what do you mean a Halo Killer? I was like... Oh, you have to be there. It's it's very it's very early noughties. <laughs> but who said that to you? Did they say it directly so, to you? Because I haven't it was, heard those kind of comments like that. It was in the comments of the episode. I can't remember the name of the uh, user. Sorry, it was in the comments of the episode. Just, uh, oh, so this is the first time I've that. ever heard. It's the first time I've ever heard Metroid called the Halo Killer. It's like yeah, <laughs> well you have. To, it's like I said, we're just old. It's kind of something we. <laughs> it was back but in the day. Still, we're still young. We haven't even entered the midlife crisis because of our increased life expectancy to you about 80. Yeah, we'll see if I'm going to make it to 80. I doubt I'm going to make it to 80, but we will see. <laughs> On that well, note... Never, 
Never stop believing, though. But speaking of Don't which, uh, 35 years ago, Red Dwarf came out on TV, and I've been watching mm. by coincidence because uh, Red Dwarf, the first episode, was filmed in 1987. Mm. But if I can bring up okay. the first episode, uh, right apologies, there, I haven't yeah. been like the most prepared <laughs> here, but it came out on 15th of February uh, 1988, which is exactly like mm. about a week ago. You can now watch wow. it on like UK TV Play now or even like on Sky. But yeah, I've just been checking it out and been watching the episodes. And yeah, just been thinking about it. Because, you know, the Red Dwarf has like got more series in like about two decades after season eight or some sort. Yeah. I know. I need to go back and watch some of the newer stuff. I, I I saw like a couple of the one-off ones, but I need to go back and watch it. Like I watched the one that was like a, a kind of like a blade. It was like a new, newish, and it was like Blade Runner. A lot of references to Blade Runner in it. Yeah, that's uh, a Back to Earth special. But yeah, since then, I saw that you... one. That was. Yeah, that was the that was the last one I watched. I haven't watched any of the newer stuff. I need to go back and watch some Red Dwarf. I like Red Dwarf. It's been a while. <laughs> Uh, we can agree yeah. that uh, seasons four to six are like the best. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, yeah. The originals for sure. But yeah. the season one is like really special because it just kind of touches on the canon and like experimental ideas. But it's true that every series they release, it gets better and better. Yeah. If if you're a fan of sci-fi, I recommend Red Dwarf. If you like Starfields or anything like that. Just to bring it back on, to, to bring it back to the Xbox. <laughs> Be excited for Starfields. Maybe you should watch Red Dwarf. Get you in the mood. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so should we go on to what we've been playing? I guess that's what you've been playing. Like in a way, it's what you've been watching. I suppose. Uh, have you well, been playing anything at all? Uh, well, you said to me that Atomic Heart is like something that you've only played, right? Only a little bit. I haven't played much of it, but I, yeah, yeah, Atomic Heart. Yeah. Have you have you have you touched on it a little bit? Have you played a little bit of it? I have actually. Ooh. I literally did this at the last minute, but that's only it came out this week. Um, because yeah. Atomic Heart is a hefty download. It's like, um, oh, yeah. I was I haven't like got around to installing it because I was in between places, but I was able to, uh, like. I would otherwise like download the game and like you just download the game which is like 70 or 80 gigabytes and then you just put it on yeah. and then you realize there's like a 60 gigabyte update. Yeah, I was gonna say that. So I like I put uh, the day it came out, I played it for two hours, it was 87 gig download, and then the next day I was like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna go back and play some more, and it was like, oh, 67 gig download, can't play it now. So literally, I spent the night playing uh, Vampire Survivors again. And then I managed to play a little bit this morning because the update is finally downloaded. So I've played about three or four hours of it, give or take. <laughs> I just, like, streamed it. Oh, uh, that's a good idea. I should have done that. Uh, my because... internet's not good enough to do it. I counted no. on, on your internet. Well, I was actually in a different place which has faster internet. So I was able to stream it. It's a bit, well, kind of, like, bugs around and, like, got thrown out of the game once but I was able to get on with it and did some streaming so I done it for like about 
uh, one hour, so that's the most that's I can play. Did you, did you did you get to the it all going to shit? <laughs> all, all going, like, yes, like it was. It's, it's all nice and shiny to begin with, and then it kind of all falls apart very quickly, which I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, it's very because Bioshock in that way. <laughs> I know it's it's for my sins, but I've certainly played through it, and I'm like, eh, that's definitely not going to be the game of the year for sure. Like oh, I started no. the game, it already introduces you to the lavish world. And it just introduces to the alternative history where Soviets won all the wars and became a, yep. the next uh, United States of some sort. And they have floating cities Basically, in the air. Yeah. So it's just like trying to be Metropolis, but it's more like Bioshock. So the, you just go I around like the, the city. You, you just go around the yeah. uh, city and you just get introduced to all the stuff. And then you just go through lots of information. And it's like the walking simulator. You then like go to into the building, and all you do there is just like you take the elevator just to get a t key from the twins, and that's it. You just walk out of the building, get in the car, and then you fly out into the sky. I think it's the part where you fly around the, uh, I think the, the ground, and you just fly down, and then you somehow got attacked by robots, yeah. and that's where the game could have began. <laughs> It's like 13 minutes of an introduction with tiny amount of tutorials. And it's just like, oh, gosh, can we just like go in and kill robots now? Uh, I liked the beginning. I thought the beginning was really rad. I thought I was like, this place looks gorgeous and beautiful. I thought it was really cool. I know it was a very walking simulator, but yeah. Uh, maybe on a second playthrough, I'll be annoyed about it if I, if I go back to it. But I quite enjoyed it for what it was. It's only like, I'd say it's only like 15 minutes. I was a bit confused because I got up to the twins and I was like, now where do I go? Oh, I'm going to go back in the lift. Okay. <laughs> I just stood there for like a minute like, where am I going to go now? Uh, but no, uh, I really like the setting. I think the setting of the of, of Atomic Heart, I love it. I think the alternative history, I think it's really cool. I would say that's like an E plus, 10 out of 10. Just a shame the rest of it kind of drags it down a bit. Uh, as I said, you're not game, it's not going to be game of the year, that's for sure. But I think the right, the character is a bit obnoxious. And the world and the gameplay is not like very polished. It's okay. Um, I haven't really had any like major tech technical issues or anything yet, which is good. Um, have you got to the fridge yet? Yes, I. And that's when I stopped playing for the night. <laughs> <laughs> the fridge is a bit much. <laughs> Just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> I'm a bit. It's a bit much. A bit, it was like, oh, okay, fridge, calm down. <laughs> Yeah, so if I were to discuss about how I played it, like apart from the intro, as soon as I got down, I just like walked around the countryside and then it's like, oh, there's robots attacking and there's a foul-mouthed gran like picking up a weapon oh, and just killing them. Funny. And then you just like yeah. pick up an elevator, go down and like, oh gosh, this place is so dark. And then you just like go around, yeah. get a valve and bits like that. But... The checkpoints is kind of a bit annoying because it was like, oh, you go in, go the safe route, so you can save the game. Yeah. And then I just picked up some of the, some of the the stuff, and then you hold down the RB button to like, like try to gather as much uh, bits from the. Yeah. I think it was from the drawers and everything in that room. I was like, oh, I got everything. But as soon as it came out, and then I was like, try to kill robots with an axe, and then when I went to the toilets i just went in and then 
and then suddenly I was attacked from the side, and it's like got yeah. plummeted to death. And they're like, ugh. But then, well, it's just hiding in the toilet, and they just jumped out at you after you've been in there for a minute. I, I thought that was quite funny because I, I, I kind of knew it was coming. I was like, he's gonna, there's gonna be one in there, and there, and it literally happened. Like, ah, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I know one of the teachers at uh, University of Wales Newport would absolutely hate that because he's oh, not yes. a fan of toilets. Of toilets. toilets well, there's not games jump- are like the worst. Yeah, they're very, very scary. Uh, it's just like I remember play, uh, like when I was playing this game at the beginning. I mean, I guess this will be our preview for Atomic Heart because we were going to go into more detail, but we might as well just talk about it now. Um, uh, well, I, uh, uh, I, I need I need to finish actually. Um, when I get go killed, go I respawn at that safe room and I have to collect all yeah. the items in the cupboards again. <laughs> oh no! Oh, so then no, I just went sucks. through, okay, yeah. and I just like going through, and then there's a huge room there. But as soon as I came down, it was like meet up with another character. It's like oh, it's nice to meet a. Decent human being for once, a female doctor. So it's yeah. great uh, yeah. because I kind of prefer her than the twins, to be honest. But then when I just oh, yeah, get yeah. chucked out, robot comes in and I go in this boss fight, and it's a bit of a pain. And then when I get killed, it's like, oh gosh, don't tell me I have to respawn all the way back and to do all this again. And then suddenly I go it's into safe. this boss fight, and I was like, oh, it's. I can I can still do that, but it's a bit of a pain in the butt. Yeah. The save rooms are a bit like a throwback, aren't they? I prefer if I could just save it whenever I wanted and then have to go to a safe room. That's kind of annoying. Apparently, this game becomes an open world game after about five hours. I would like to just get to that part. Five please. hours. Apparently, yeah, it takes about five hours to get to the open hour to the open world stuff. Apparently, there's supposed to be as like. Why? I don't know. That's but like, so many it's little like, things. If they just change those, it would be a better game. It's like it's so many little things that get slightly wrong, and it's like, Ugh. I want to like it more. I really enjoyed it for what it is, but it's not the best game. It's uh, what it's, it's Bioshock. It's like a it's like a slightly not as good Bioshock, I guess. Yeah, I agree. It. And also, people are comparing bad. it to Wolfenstein as well. Yeah. People who are giving it like a six out of ten and stuff, I think that's a bit harsh. I don't think it's that bad. I think it's a decent well, game. I think it's like I I would be considering that because okay. you get like thirty minutes of intro, you go through this some like basic uh parts, and then you'll mostly be using your axe and you haven't got access to your weapons straight away. And I'm hearing yeah. that it takes five more hours for you to get through all those corridor sections over to the open world, and it's just like, like let's yeah. imagine this. You know the Halo game, Master Chief wakes up, you go around the yeah. room, go through tutorials, and then you go through all the whole stage where you fight the covenant, and once you get out of it, you go into Halo, which is the one of the biggest levels in the game, and we love it. Yeah. Atomic Heart makes it look like you're just going through the long a long intro, then you just go through the pillar autumn, only you do this for like five hours, and then you get to Halo, which is an open world yeah. section, and that's how much you spend into this game. <laughs> it's just kind yeah. of, it's, it's a very slow beginning. And I only like spent about an hour into this, and I have yet to ch- like try to get the whole gist of things there. But, mm. but yeah, as you said about the writing, people are comparing it to Duke Nukem, but... I think it's just like the characters are being more like 
rude and obnoxious, yeah. as you said. And he's a bit whiny. I just don't think honestly. Like yeah. everything's bad. It's like it's like uh, oh, oh, you just gotta go this way. And he goes, "Hey, fuck you, buddy. I don't want to listen to you, glove." Blah, blah, blah. I'm like what? Just why are you being an ass? Just just go. Like <laughs> why? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the main character. Was it P Free? I think his name is. Yes. Uh, yeah. Also, I was gonna mention that you said you met the doctor woman. Like she goes, he goes, "What is your name?" And I swear she doesn't say what her name is. And then, and then the next minute he's like, "Her name is this." Is like, how does he know her name? I, I, did I miss that? I I don't know. Like it felt like he just learned her name without actually her telling him his her name, which is really confusing and weird, uh, inconsistent. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I mis misheard it or something. Uh, yeah, I really, I am enjoying it. I think it's, I'm, I, you know, uh, I've gone from Metroid Prime to this, so I just beat Pet Metroid Prime, uh, yes, uh, remastered, which is a first person adventure, sort go through the world, trying to figure out stuff. So it's like a similar type of game. Metroid does it way better, and it's twenty years old, so that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Uh, a twenty year old game kind of does it a much better, much much more higher quality. Um, so how did you find uh, Metroid? But have you? So how did you find Metroid Prime? Did you really enjoy I it? it? I loved it. Ten Rated. out of ten. Still, still ten out of ten. Still a masterpiece. There's some bits of it that are like, oh, that's a bit annoying. Like basically, to beat the game, you have to collect twelve different key, uh, twelve different uh, artifacts, which is essentially like almost like Easter eggs. So some of them are like, I had to look up. <laughs> It's like, oh, you need to shoot a rocket at this building to make it fall over so you can go underneath it to get this part. So you would never, ever figure this out on your own. I don't know how people did back in the day. <laughs> I like only used the guy to um, collect all the web, uh, missiles and the health packs. But yeah, yeah I, only, I think it's just like... I only used the guy you... for the Chozo things at the end, which is what you need to get to the end of the game. Well, and also, like, uh, the final boss is a bit well... obtuse. Yeah, well, yeah. I think I think I have to say that um, if you were to rely on your scanner and you keep using it, because you need yeah. to scan some of the enemies, and there's some missable enemies that you'd be miss out on yeah. scanning them. You won't unlock extras. So if yeah. you've been relying on a scanner every time you enter the new area, then you're more likely to Scanners pick up down. lots of the artifacts. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the yeah, the chosen artifacts are like they're really well hidden. A lot of them, a lot of them, I'm like, how the hell were you meant to figure that out? When I've gone through the guides to do the the because I had to do the chosen artifacts by using guides. Like that was the only time I used the guide. I tried not to use the guide at all. Like I really needed to because I wanted to beat it on my own. And then I got to that point, I was like, what do I have to do now? Oh, I have to collect twelve really hidden things so I can finish the game. I'm like, okay. Um, some of the boss fights I found really frustrating. Uh, but apart from that, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good game, really well, really well balanced. And then I go and play Atomic Heart, which is not as not as balanced, not as good. <laughs> this is a bit of a step down from Metroid Prime. Like you're going from one first-person shooter exploring type game to another, and it's not quite as good. I think Atomic Heart. It depends how much you like the world. I guess. I guess you're not as enthralled with the world as I am. I really find. I really find uh, the alternative history Russia. I'm like, this is really cool. Like the like the opening section. I was like, I really dug it. And you're like, this is boring. I want to shoot things. And I'm like, ooh, shiny. Look at that shiny thing over there. Ooh, well, I'm flying over cities. Ooh, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> I would say. Um... 
the world building is actually very good, and I appreciate that. Yeah. that. It's one of the highlights of it, and it's also yeah. an alternative reality Russia, which is also gets the points too. But coincidentally, because yeah. you know Mick Gordon is like composed music for it. Yes, the guy from Deep, he right? also he also composed music for the Strider remake, like about ten years mm. ago. Which is also yeah. set in Russia and involves a ninja like using his sword to just slice through enemies. Well, there you go. <laughs> Let's try that. That's a good too. Yes, this is our early preview, hands-on thing. Uh, but this is not like an official review or anything. This is like our first like really opening thoughts of the game. We think I think it's okay. Uh, I'm not going to give it a score yet, but so far I would say it's like. It's on Game Pass. If you have Game Pass, it might be worth trying out. You see how you feel about it yourself. I would recommend it. I would recommend um, paying seventy quid for it though. So if you get if you don't have Game Pass, I would wait for it to go down in price before buying yes. it. If that's that, that would be my recommendation. I think it's if you if you're interested in the the setting, that might be enough for you to keep you to keep you playing. If you're not interested yes. in the setting, that's probably the best part. And you probably if you're not interested in that. You're gonna not like the game, honestly, because that's the best bit of the setting. So, well, I think uh, the Xbox yeah. has been very generous for the sales because it doesn't take long for Far Cry Six and Scarlet Nexus to be discounted. So, you might be able to find Atomic Heart in the sales not long after the game's release. But it depends yeah, because, given the the three star reviews in the moment and like how people yeah. are giving mixed reactions to it. I don't know if it's going to come like almost as soon as like when Sonic Frontiers has been like discounted. So that's, uh, (laughs) yeah. Who knows? It's very, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm not, as I said, I recommend waiting for a sale. Usually with Game Pass games, they usually go on sale quite a while. You can get a discount if you have Game Pass as well. But obviously if you have Game Pass, Mm. just play on Game Pass. So I don't know. Um, well, to yeah. me, um, I would say that, yes, the setting is what is a good selling point. But I just think, like, it it just tries too hard to, like, convince people to play the game. And what you basically get yeah. is a pretty much like a more rigid version of Bioshock. And I don't think it actually warrants the full price for it. No. But it's pretty. It's, like, <coughs> has a fun, fun part of it. But I think it's just kind of like gives us some kind of edge lord kind of vibes with it. But then again, I, I think it's just uh, aesthetic. It's just what really makes it good. But I think the best part yeah. is to do the well, mainly mainly to do with the dialogue because dialogue's not that great. Dialogue's not good now. The dialogue's pretty awful. Um, I like. I was going to mention. I like the animations they got as well. Like when you like going through like options and stuff, you'll have like. It, it reminds me of, like Fallout and stuff, where you have like like cartoon knee drawings of like the the robots. Also, the yes. robots are really spooky. They creep me out. They like got the mustaches and they just like they got they just have no they don't flinch or anything. They just walk straight at you. That freaks the crap out. Of me. It really scares me. I'm like, oh, leave me alone. <laughs> just like they don't flinch or anything. They just literally like they are robots, aren't they? And they just yeah. like it's just. Uh, the unwavering staring at you that's going to kill you. That's terrifying. Yeah. I think some of this game is fantastic. Some of it's not. So, it's very annoying that it's like very hit and miss in a lot of places. I, I'm yes, enjoying it. I agree. It 
uh, well, you mentioned about the Fallout style animations. I think it's more like a yeah. mix between Cuphead and Fallout yeah. in that sense. But it's actually a step up from the Fallout because it actually like does the animations very well, and I like yeah. it too. So, and also, when you get killed, so you get this animation of how you get killed by something, yeah. and that includes the Completely. twins as well. <laughs> yeah, I think mean, that's quite funny as well. Yeah, I agree. The animation there is really funny. Um, yeah. Also, I feel like it's a bit abrupt as well. Like the like the like the as you said, it's very slow at the beginning where you like just it's like a walking simulator, and then literally out of nowhere, it's just everything's chaos it's like literally like a switch like it happens like instantaneously i'm like whoa whoa, whoa wait, hang on what was going on it's like the world is perfect and then two seconds later and now everyone's dead it's like oh what what happened there <laughs> very confused it's like so instantaneous <laughs> My dog decided to roll over and pull the plugs out of <laughs> the microphone. Which is <laughs> oh man! Hey, um, stop dogging to be about. Stop being a dog. She's gonna do it on purpose, too, you know. Um, yeah, it was. A, uh, I, was, I was having a proper rant then. Oh well. Oh well. I'll probably remember later. <laughs> so, what's the early scores for like Atomic Heart at the moment? So, well, from there, or in general. Uh. If you were to be asked to give a score for Atomic Heart now, how would you rate it? Seven out of ten, I would say, so far. I, I'm going to be inclined to give it a seven out of ten because yeah. I'm going to feel as if the game is going to get better over time. But I don't really see this getting an eight out of ten anytime soon. And I think six out of ten is, well... I think it will be based on like only the, just the first hour, but yeah. for the whole game, I think the seven would have been more fair. I would say. Yeah, we have to wait until we hit the open world section see if that's any good. Um, yeah, I forgot. It's so annoying that I forgot what I was saying. Now that's really thrown me, and it's really annoyed me. But it's okay. Uh, Shall we move on to the news? We've been talking yes. half an hour about this, so we've got quite a few things to get through. So. Um, Let's start off with I would Xbox say is a fans. bit. Go on, sorry. Yeah, I would say is a bit atomic, really. Hey. So we started off. Uh, so we started off the news with Xbox fans have been tracking Sony's planes. Uh, I don't know much about this. It's a bit of a strange one, but you. you uh, so. I mean, I think I heard a little bit about this. People were assuming that Sony has been speaking to Microsoft because they've been following where Sony's been flying, right? I yes. Think that's what the story is about. Uh, this, now, the news piece there, like, according to this article, that fans have been, like, going through this deal and now they're just tracking down the private jets that is owned by Sony. So they're monitoring the flights so they can get to know where the places where the executives from both Sony and Microsoft are meeting up over this deal. So yeah. so therefore, I think it's just they checking the private jets flying around. And and so far, it's just like knowing if, yeah, whether it's happening or not. Then yeah. this is a bit of evidence. Say, Sony executives flew from London to Seattle in a Falcon 8X on February the 6th. Mm. Presumably to dis negotiate Call of Duty license with uh, Microsoft Steel. 
I mean, we, 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 I'm going to jump a couple of stories ahead because this kind of ties in with it. Um, whoa, I've lost, where's, where's my story? Yeah, so Microsoft signed a 10-year deal with Nintendo and with NVIDIA. And they also, during, the, they had a presentation with, with, with the, in, in the public and they had a letter or had the business agreement for Sony and they go, Sony, come sign it. So they obviously haven't resolved this yet. And they're still waiting for Sony to sign it. They literally had the letter with them in the uh, in the meeting. So that's break. That was like that happened yesterday. So they were saying to Sony, like, if you want to sign with us, if you want a ten year deal, we're willing to sign. And they literally took the legal agreement with them to this conference, waiting for Sony to show up, and Sony never showed. So they no showed the sh- the they no showed this conference thing. Uh, <laughs> But Nintendo and, and the video are both very happy with Xbox, and they're both working with Xbox, so it's interesting. Apparently, and now PC Google, game... and now oh, Google sorry. is like another competitor who's been critical of the deal and thinking it has competition. And I think this follows the Invi- Nvidia Inquisition deal or some sort. So the Nvidia deal, yeah, they were saying like. So with the NVIDIA deal, every Xbox game that's on PC, which is every Xbox game, is going to be going on the NVIDIA Shield as well. So you should be. So if you're a NVIDIA person, you can uh, play your Xbox games on the NVIDIA Shield, which is kind of crazy. Uh, the NVIDIA online and all that. Uh, Call of Duty is coming at end. It's coming to Nintendo. Uh, it's some people. Some confusion. People were saying that. all Xbox games are coming to Nintendo, and then they're like, no, 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 just Call of Duty. So it's a bit of a confusion, a bit of a kerfuffle, but I would expect more more Xbox games to come to Nintendo in the future as well. Uh, so the legal deal is 10 years for Call of Duty on Nintendo, 10 years for all, all, all Xbox games to come to the video, which is crazy. Uh, so they're diverse in their, their lineup, which is interesting. Um, well, uh, yeah, Sony, I think it's... I think it's just... Um... My feeling is that I don't think I've actually ever seen a lot of Call of Duty games apart from ones that came out for Nintendo Wii. So therefore, it's just like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, they said it's going to be content parody for Call of Duty as well. It's going to be the same Call of Duty the Xbox and PlayStation get coming on Switch. How's that going to work? Like, unless it's mm. like for the next, if it's like for the Switch 2 or the Super Switch, if there is one in the works, and maybe Xbox knows about that. Or does it mean it's going to just cloud stream all the games to the Switch? That's the question. Or That's is it a just good question. How nerfed down? I don't know how it's going to work. Uh, I just assume it's going to get mobile, but I guess not. Uh, well, no, it's because Nintendo Switch is not a mobile device. But speaking of yeah, which, but that, it could okay. it could open the doors for more franchises to be on the Switch from Activision and Blizzard, and I think that's a kind of nice to think about it. But as you mentioned, like streaming, because of Microsoft's uh, deal with Nvidia and Bits, it could mean it would improve the streaming services for like Xbox as well as the Nintendo Switch. So therefore, yeah. we might actually get better streaming stuff on both Xbox and the Switch. I hope so. That'd be brilliant. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, I mean, that's what that's the hope. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I I don't really know what to say about that. I mean, I, it's it's good news for everyone, really. 
like basically they Sony uh, Xbox is just trying to show that they are going to keep it competitive and they are going to keep Call of Duty available to everyone. They're just trying to prove that the Activision deal is going to be good for everyone in the long run, which I think honestly it is. But we will see what happens. Sony is still sat on their hands. They're still not moving. They're still not budging. They're like, nah, we're not. We're still not interested. Even after the 10-year deal of Call of Duty, they're still not interested, which is crazy to me. I feel like they should just like get over with, get over with now and just sign it and just, you know, I don't know. They're still fighting it, which is really annoying. Because I just want Call of Duty it's on ridiculous. Game Pass, god damn it. <laughs> I want Diablo on Game Pass. <laughs> I want to get all these games for like a fraction of the price. God damn it! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's breaking news at the moment. Yes, the news might be like by the time this podcast goes out, it might have changed completely. Might even more stuff might have come out because this is still ongoing. So keep your eyes peeled. Um, so should we move on to the next news article? Yes. My favorite thing of, the, of all time: the Tetris movie. My God, that looks so good. Ty and uh, Edgerton, um, Elton John from Rocket Man, or the guy from um, Kingsman, he's he's starring in a Tetris movie. Um, it actually looks amazing. I'm like, if you haven't seen the trailer for it, it looks really good. I can't wait for it. I can't wait. It looks amazing. Um, the only thing is, it's coming out on the 31st of March, and it's coming to Apple yeah. Plus. So I'm like. Hmm, I don't know if this is ever going to exist because it's so close to April Fools. But oh, the more yeah. I hear about it, the more the the more I know that oh gosh, this is literally happening. <laughs> yeah, it can't be an April Fool's joke, surely. It looks really good though. The trailer for it looks amazing. It's like um, he, he, so Tyron Edgerton plays an American guy who's trying to get the rights for Tetris. By, and he has to get into the Soviet Union and get the guy who made Tetris and try and get him out to try and get the legal right for Tetris and get Tetris onto the Game Boy. Uh, so it looks really interesting. It looks really fascinating. It's a game. I love my game history, gaming historian stuff. I love that stuff. And it's gonna be. It's, it sounds like a fascinating story and a fascinating movie. It almost looks like a, like a James Bond kind of thing, which is kind of crazy when it's all about Tetris. Yeah. <laughs> it looks amazing, though. It's it kind of a really bit ridiculous, good. but... Um, it's true, though. But it's also true it's story. a true story. So mm-hmm. I think it just kind of like pays off a bit. But um, as I'm like uh, subscribed to like Apple TV Plus in a moment, I can actually check yeah. it out when it comes out in April. Ooh. But you can still get that offer on like... Um, the Xbox Game Pass uh, perks, like yeah. if you subscribe to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you can sign up for Apple TV Plus and you'll be able to catch it using the trial, so it's all good. I'll do that. I will definitely do that, actually, because next month, Ted Lasso Season 3 comes out, so I want to watch that as well. So I want to binge watch Ted Lasso and also watch the Tetris movie, and I'll be very happy. <laughs> and then, I, then I'll cancel my subscription then as soon as I watch both of those. Yes. <laughs> so those are the two <laughs> things I want to see. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, so Tetris movie. If you haven't seen the trailer, go watch it. It's so good. I was like, this is. I was like, this sounds stupid. And as soon as I watched the trailer, I'm like, this is the best film ever made. <laughs> like, I like, completely switched my opinion on it. Like, just for watching the first trailer. I can't wait for him. Very excited. 
so the next article, because we're going to try to get through this quite quickly because we have been talking for 40 minutes already, which is impressive. Miles. Uh, Tango Gameworks is happy working with Microsoft, which I would imagine they would say that because they, they, you know, they're not going to go, Microsoft sucks, man. We hate them. Boo. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're not going to say that. Are they? I, a few of the developers, especially the Beth the Fest, uh, has been having a good experience with Microsoft, and that's good. Yeah. Now, there's an interview that says that they've been working, having a good experience with it. So, uh, the it says here the acquisition that's with the game director John John Hannes touched on the mental yeah. work with Xbox, and he, and it says here. The acquisition happened, so it made it a bit easier for us because we are able to focus which platforms it will be released to help us polish the experience. Above that, it didn't have any effect on the development. In that sense, the experience of Xbox was positive because there was no interference in a good way. They were like, go ahead, what you think sounds cool. Well, that sounds good to me. I mean, like, I mean, it, <coughs> sorry, I don't want to into Xbox are quite, like flexible when it comes to the like the smaller project for sure uh like i think they've said this multiple times it's not about fitting like uh like oh we need a shooter for this this quarter or anything like that they're quite like open-minded like they just want to have lots of content so it's not like about getting certain genres or certain things to fit certain like they're not trying but... to fit certain shapes and certain holes or anything they just want to have consistent content yeah. coming to game pass really that's pretty much their only goal now, uh, speaking yeah. of Hi-Fi Wash, released four hours ago, um, apparently the Phil Spencer, that when he took a trip to deal with the court hearings over the Activision <coughs> Blizzard deal, he was travelling with the Xbox Series S and has a X-Screen X screen attachment to the Xbox Series yeah. S, which you can see on the Twitter, that he got a Elite controller with the... Xbox Series S in a hotel room and has a scream of it. So, so yeah, it's just kind of cool. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> Gotta love Phil. <laughs> Phil Spencer's the best. <laughs> but speaking of which, I don't know what the X screen uh, attachment is like. I'll go find it, but it just reminds me yeah. of PS1, which is like two decades ago. And yeah. they have a attach LED attachment for it, which... When I bought a PS1, I found it in the computer exchange and I found the LCD screen. So I got it hooked up to the PlayStation with Final Fantasy VII, but I haven't got around to touching it. But it's still very, very nice to have. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, a portable console is always a fun idea. <clears throat> the uh, I want to get a Series S and a portable screen. That'd be some fun. Uh, well, if you do, <laughs> if you do actually get it, then the X screen, which you can actually get it from the special website, which is called upspecgaming.co.uk, and they have it on sale at the moment for £169. So you can like, get this, hook up with the Xbox Series S, and you can have it as the PS1 in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I love I love portable gaming. Like that's like, <clears throat> I'm a massive fan of portable gaming. That's why I love Nintendo. And I I just want to get a portable device I can play my Xbox games on. That's still a thing I'm wanting to get. 
Like the, the, the NVIDIA clouds and all that, they all sound cool, but they're like too expensive. Um, something like that, or like get a, or get a Steam Deck, I don't know. Still, still on the fence on that, still trying to figure it out. Uh, so, uh, we'll just, how many more? We've got a couple more stories to go through. So, a couple of release dates. So, Valheim is coming in March. Uh, Val, I heard good things about Valheim. I've never played it, but I've heard good things about it. Um, yeah, it's like a, a survival game, right? You're Viking. I have never played it. Something there. like that. Yeah, and then Lies of Peace coming out in August as well, which I'm really looking forward to. I was hoping to be a bit earlier than Eight. that, but that's fine. You got it on the fantasy critic, uh, so it'll be interesting yes. to see how it goes. But uh, for speaking of which, we do the quick update on it, and so far, oh, yeah, on. uh, there's only one of your games released, and you got 14 points because you got extra points for for spoken. But so mm-hmm. far, the PS3 trust, uh, well, auto draft kind of guys, they yeah, got no, uh, 56 <laughs> points. So they got like minus four from the Atomic Heart, but they only they have the most amount of releases there, which kind of brings them for it. And they got yeah. fourteen from the Hellcats Legacy and nineteen from the Dead Space remake. But wow. they only lost points from the Atomic Heart and the Forspoken. But as for me, I only have like three or four releases because Octopath yeah. Traveler is releasing in a few days, so I may get a bit of a boost. But I'm currently third, and I got a huge deduction because I counterpicked Hogwarts Legacy when I should be uh, counterpicking on Metroid Prime 4. Yeah, probably that would be a better bet. Uh, I don't think Metroid Prime 4 is coming out this year now. We have Metroid Prime Remastered come out. I think that's... And you've got... Uh, Yeah, that's right. But um, I've also made another bid, which should show up in about three days or something. And it's Ooh, the tricky. Anton Blast. It was a warrior like. Like I don't know if you I heard of Pizza Tower, but this is like a huge oh, game. But there's another game called Anton Blast, which is like it's a follow up to the Anton Ball, which is like based on Wario and all the Mario oh, games. Okay. Then there's like Anton Blast, which is basically like a it's like a love letter to Warrior Land Four. Only you have a guy with a hammer. It just like bounces around, and it just samples so much from the retro games, and it just makes it very good. Uh, I'll probably like show you share with you a link to Anton Blast because I think they had a successful uh, Kickstarter. So I'll have to have a look at that at some point. Um, Right, so have a little look. So that's pretty much all the news. Uh, Eliza P, uh, uh, as we said, is coming out August. That's like a Bloodborne, but with Pin- it's like Pinocchio backstory, which is interesting. Um, yeah, that's okay. I'll have to have a look at that <clears throat> at some point. So, shall we move on to our topic of the show? Yes. Topic of the show. Topic of the show. I need to come up so, with a jingle first. What are we allowed <coughs> to play? <coughs> Nothing. You have to boycott every game that's ever comes out ever. No, because never everyone anything. are dicks. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, so so why are we 
So, yeah, whatever. Um, but, but you're probably knowing, why do we say that? That's because we are beginning to realise that some of the stuff that we might be having coming, we're not allowed to play it because it does have controversy involved and we're told not to support the creators of them. So allow me to go through what's happening. Well, actually, sure. more specifically, that this has even been brought up by in PS We Trust that Hogwarts Legacy came out and apparently it turned into a huge flame wars between people who oh, yeah. are transphobes or bigoted and those who actually do not want people to buy the game because of transphobia. So yeah. apparently the author of the Harry Potter series has said some lot of things about like trans people and even said some outrageous things yeah. in the political wars. I don't want to say too much about it because because no. at the moment she's going after people who actually um, said certain opinions and somehow she tried to yeah. take them to court over libel issues and she uses like sap uh, slap laws for it so i don't want to say too much about her but but yeah. she has been saying so much of this stuff that that we don't feel particularly comfortable with hogwarts legacy coming out which means it could like give yeah. her enough authorities to prove that whatever she says it doesn't actually affect her platform for hate speech and that's not great yeah i mean yeah this, this is the problem we have like, i i I, 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 so Hogwarts Legacy came out. I was basically, I was content that we would just not discuss it and we'd just let it kind of just blow over. You know, I'd go to the Winchester, wait for it all to blow over kind of attitude. Because <laughs> like, I knew it was going to be controversial. And then as soon as I said, like, oh, finally, people are done talking about Hogwarts Legacy. Now everyone's going, oh, Atomic Heart, it's made in Russia. We've got to boycott it because the Russians and the Ukrainians are at war. It's like, oh, crap. Okay, we're gonna have to. So this, and then I feel like there'll be another game in a couple of weeks' time, which we'll have to boycott. So I feel like we have to discuss this at some point. We can't just avoid this topic. Yes, unfortunately. Um, yeah, that's why. I, as I, I need don't... to explain, yeah, it's go just ahead. becoming a bit, bit ridiculous. We go on to that because there's a lot more to what the, a lot more than what the meets the eye, in which it talks about oh, yeah. like Hogwarts Legacy and how deep the controversy is. And there's even lots yeah. of questions and even people like going into reviews about Atomic Heart. Also, there's some like other games too, which we also need to discuss. So, but just to keep things a bit simple, we need to focus on Hogwarts Legacy first because yeah. um, the game was released and it had good review scores and apparently people are buying the game. And apparently, yeah. if you were to play the game or you stream it, you're going to get a huge backlash from people because you're promoting Hogwarts Legacy. And they yeah. and it even comes to the argument suggesting you're being transphobic because you bought the game. And I think a lot of it is just like uh, going over the top and trying to make accusations because they bought this game. And, I, and that's just as when the lines... where the real line's been drawn. And now it's yeah. just like... It, it just kind of goes too far. Yes, I. The problem I always. The problem I find with this kind of stuff, is the, where do you draw a line? Like you just said about drawing a line. It's like, 
I personally don't want to buy Hogwarts Legacy because I'm. I feel like the game looks pretty mid, to be honest. And then I'm like, I'm also, you know, me and you are friends, and I feel like I don't want to support someone who's a transphobe. But then it's, but then it's like. Is, but now I'm like I'm playing Atomic Heart. Am I a hypocrite now because I'm playing Atomic Heart and I wouldn't play Hogwarts Legacy because I boycotted yes. uh, Hogwarts Legacy, but I'm not boycotting Atomic Heart. Like, am I? A, I feel like I'm being a bit of a hypocrite here. But then I feel like if you, it's a slippery slope. Like there's always going to be something dodgy. So, like like do you do you boycott all Activision games because they're like they're sat they're. Um, they treat their stra- their sa- staff like like crap. Do you boycott all Naughty Dog games because they had crunch? Do you boycott like do you boycott anything that comes from China or supports China? Like do you boycott Blizzard because of they like supported the, the they supported the well, the, the supported the uh, anti China pro- like the the China the um, the Chinese the anti Hong Kong um, stuff. Like, it's a bit complicated it's just it's just a rabbit hole as soon as you start boycotting one thing then it's like am I going to boycott this as well and then boycott this and it's just like Ugh. and eventually <laughs> so I want you boycott good people and then you just hard. eventually you, you then eventually go and discover there is a huge subreddit and it's just, it's just like oh you're not allowed to buy Nestle products and you need to support the water because yeah. apparently they've been doing lots of shady things. So you're not really allowed to buy... You have to, like, boycott Nestle stuff. And I'm like, really? Like, is it really yeah. that important to not buy anything Nestle? And then you're just thinking, like, oh, there's other companies that provide food to drink. And it turns out they've been in some, like, dodgy dealings with slave trade and all this, uh, like, bad working practices... And now you're just like not allowed to go for Amazon because they have poor housework working conditions, and now there's like people striking in it, and it just eventually spreads throughout the entire world, and that and only to realise that everything is really bad. Now back to Hogwarts Legacy. Oh yeah, the world sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's right. Is there right? I also want to mention as well that I have a YouTube channel that's dedicated to professional wrestling. WWE have got a deal with Saudi Arabia. So then I'm like, do I boycott the Saudi Arabia shows? Do I boycott stuff because Saudi Arabia have got poor human rights tracking, uh, pure human, uh, human rights things, which is like bloody hell. And then my favourite football team is Man United, and then might be getting bought by Qatar, and Qatar also had poor human rights records. So it's like, do I boycott my favourite football team and stop, stop watching football? And it's like, ah. It's too much. Why is there so many shitty people in the world? Why? Why can't people be good people? I don't understand why. Why? Ah. Anyway, sorry. Hogwarts. That Legacy. reminds me you... of this. Yeah, it just reminds me that um, you said like, oh, I'm not allowed to support this because of what's happening. Oh, I just checked this and it like, turns out, oh, I can't support this because of those dodgy dealings. And it goes into this whole daisy chain yeah. of like, you try this stuff and then it turns out oh, it's yeah. bad. And it just reminds me of that video by Video Game Donkey. I was a bit skeptical over it, but then I just realized like how much I totally get the joke because he's. Video Game Donkey is one of those YouTubers who like made some like really silly but very fun videos that just like makes a deadpan yeah. humor over games. So. He yeah. was going to do the Forspoken one and then turns out to be uh, hosting 
just talking all about Spider-Man 2 on like a PlayStation 2. <laughs> but on this Hogwarts Legacy, he he talked about like uh was it Oh, I I was going to talk about the gameplay for Hogwarts Legacy and then I decided to play uh was it the High on Life. Oh, oh wait a minute. It turns out that this guy has been doing some bad sexual allegations. So I decided to play yeah. Overwatch 2. Uh, oh, never mind. The the company is actually <laughs> bad, so I decided to play Last of Us Part 2. And oh, sorry. Uh, apparently, people are now treating me like Voldemort. So I decided to play... Oh, sorry, there's... People now think I'm really bad because I've been playing Sonic games <laughs> and causing some kind yeah, of life. it just keeps going, doesn't it? <laughs> so yeah, I think it's just... Made... This is the guy who made Sonic in jail for inside trading as well. Like, oh my god, what's going on? There's too many people. There's too many bad people. Bobby Kodak, you know, come on. Like, we could just. I could go on all day about things we should boycott, and I get a boycott because I, I, I totally understand it because I kind of feel like I like when there's something really annoys me. I'm like, yeah, I'm not buying that. Like, but then it's like, like basically like. Like J.K. Rowling's being completely transphobic, and then she's like, "Well, you're still gonna buy my games, blah blah blah." I'm like, "Well, screw you! I'm not buying your games." Oh, <laughs> oh, oh well, she... like, <laughs> but just be careful what you say about yeah. her because she might actually try to sue you for causing libel. Oh no! <laughs> oh wow! Well, but well, anyway, well. speaking of Jake, no <laughs> I really need to state my views because. Um, in Hogwarts Legacy, I was sceptical. I was not comfortable about it. I don't really want to buy the game. Yeah. But the game yeah. is actually interesting because it's actually the final... It's finally the open-world Harry Potter game where you get to visit Hogwarts in 18th century or, or 19th century. You just go around, yeah. learn magic, and the go house. for the school year, and you get picked into the house of your choosing. And then yeah. somehow... I mean, then if I was to like play the game, it's just like, oh, if I play this game, it just means like, hmm, I'm going to be feared just if I'm the one who tried it. And I may not be taken seriously for my views. And also people may actually complain or rant at me because I have put this game on the uh, Xbox profile. And that is despite yeah. I don't even plan to stream it too because I don't want to end up promoting anything that's likely to give no. more attention to jk rowling's uh twitter like if you see her twitter profile you'll be able to see no. what kind of post she's making and i can guarantee you it's wow. not all about harry potter no it's it's it's, it's unfortunate because i i love the world of harry potter and then this jk rowling stuff is really you know it's really like ruined it for me and it's and it's like, but then yeah. detaching art from the artist is very difficult. I don't know. Exactly, it's, it's because confusing. I think it's a good idea it's... when when you have to like separate the, the the art from the artist. And it's even been explained in one of the books yeah. I got for Kickstarter, where it introduces to the authors. Like you have the list of the authors you like to promote, and one of them is one of Dahl. That because of the children's books he made, I chosen him. And then in the book, it just says yeah. about. Whether you like his views or not, it's up to you whether you separate the art from the artist. And I think that's good advice. But at the same time, it's like, 
hmm, what could it possibly be that yeah. actually made really bad? And then it just points out to his more mature works that hasn't been talked about a lot. And then it turns out there's some like anti-Semitic and um, probably prejudiced remarks from him in the past. And and that's even when Steven Spielberg worked on BFG and he even stated like yeah. like where he, how he chose his movie because he's like a Jew and how he just takes things seriously when it comes to like anti-Semitism. So he just like has to like act carefully and convinces that he knows what he's doing is right. So I think he yeah. remembered in the documentary once, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he did definitely had this like, if I'm not, if I wasn't a Jew, then I'm not allowed to do the Holocaust movie. But I don't know. It's just kind of like some really bad it's, stuff. And yeah. and I know it's it's a very sensitive topic because when it comes to like anything that is not bigoted or prejudiced, then it's like a very, very dangerous ground to tread on. And it's just yeah. almost as if you have to be really careful. And I just feel this is what is going to, like I predict, like, with any trans people who get to work directly with something like the Harry Potter, for instance, they get to like try to like evaluate on how they feel about it because Shakespeare yeah. has made Merchant of Venice that actually talks about a like mocking a Jew and on this play and there's somehow like caused controversy. Yet it became one of the best plays there. There's Lovecraft, H.P. Lovecraft has got racism and some bigoted stuff in some of his short stories, but it's still celebrated years later. And there's a, right. even more authors, especially the author for Ender's Game, and deals homophobia in, like, the sequel. But people just don't really talk enough about these. It's just that people have, like, seen J.K. Rowling spouting those harmful tweets, and they create this yeah. huge fuss about it, and yet they haven't they seem to be not really aware of other controversial authors and yet they're still celebrated. No. So my imagination is that in the next 30 years, Harry Potter will be normalized. It'll be enjoyed like a franchise. It's just a transphobia is likely to affect JK Rowling for, for as her legacy, but it means that Harry Potter is yeah. just like it's going to be enjoyed normally and people don't seem to worry too much about it. It's just at the moment that it's really hard yeah. to separate the art from the artist because because you have J.K. Rowling who's actually benefiting from royalties and the reputation. But I think this is not what it's all about. What's the, really the huge problem is that boycotting Hogwarts legacy is not always going to work. I don't really tell people no. not to buy the game because it's up to them if they want to play the game. So if you like to play Hogwarts Legacy yeah. and you own it, I don't have a problem with that. You can play you can play this as much as you like. But but it doesn't mean yeah. your views are not going to be taken seriously. And you may not be taken seriously as a trans ally. I don't mind about it. But I think there's more problem of how people view your decision-making. Because... When it comes to the controversial stuff, when you buy them, there's always going to be consequences and criticisms that fall your way because, because of how you decided to buy the game that's likely to platform yeah. on any controversies and people will get away with it. So therefore, 
if you get Hogwarts Legacy, like, there's no sin in doing it. Like, make a decision for yourself. I don't mind. But just be careful that yeah. you're always going to, that your actions is always going to attract consequences. Even though that I don't think it's going to make a huge difference to you. But I think it's certainly what some people may mind over. And that's something you're always going to get. But I don't really blame yeah. you if you also, somehow like make a decision though. Yeah. Also, I wanted to I wanted to go into a little bit of this as well. So it's like the also almost like kind of like a counterpoint a little bit. But I I, I totally agree with everything you just said. Um, the basically, if you remember a couple of podcasts ago, about oh, about twenty podcasts ago, we had the woman who voice acted Bayonetta coming out saying that she was underpaid and underappreciated and all this stuff. And then I went, I'm not buying Bayonetta 3 because they mistreated her voice actress. Do you remember that? And then it turns out that yes. she's full of shit and actually it's all a lie. So it was like, but then I, I, like, I feel impassioned to boycott stuff because of stuff like that. And then sometimes it doesn't work out. And then it's like, also when you were talking about Rodal, as I thought you were going to mention this because he was in the news last week. That really? they're changing Roald Dahl's in the news because they're removing words like fat, bold, stupid, and stuff <laughs> oh, like that. that. From, <laughs> from the removing offensive words from kids' books, from Roald Dahl books, like bold and fat and stupid and stuff like that, which is ridiculous. I don't understand that. So it's like it's it's like a balance, isn't it? Because obviously we don't transphobia, we don't want that. Or we don't racism, we don't all that. But then also on the other hand, do we want everything to be censored and then literally everything being bland and monotonous, like no, nothing's kind of different, like everything's super safe. Like, and then it's like, where'd you go? It's like it's a, it's a hard balance, isn't it? Yeah, That's why I, I mean, you mentioned the role now being censoring. Words like bold and, and fat, which is ridiculous because I'm fat. I'm not. If you use the word fat, fat I'm not going to call into a ball and cry. <laughs> like, well, oh, I said fat. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, well. In fact, the recently is that Rishi Sunak, the prime minister, he taken yeah. it so seriously that he joins the criticism of changes to these books, but he doesn't like deal with this Harry Potter shenanigans or even like transphobic stuff. He's more interested to allow the blocking of the Scottish self-ID laws in, like, Scotland. And it's just like, it's well, not so much about the minorities, but you seem to, like, care so much when there's changes to the one dog books. But then I don't yeah. really care about the censorship. All I care yeah. is that just... it's up to people's decision whether they would separate the art from the author. And yet one yeah. doll is actually, like, really celebrated by Mr. Kipling. But I still buy Mr. Kipling cakes or anything that has one adult stuff on it. Because the thing is, these are the books I grew up with, and and I think it's really great. But it doesn't mean that I support the author that much, because, in no, fact, true. he died, like, over a few decades ago. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a Hufflepuff, and I've been to the, Huff I've been to the Harry Potter studios, <laughs> and I've uh, I've watched all the films... Uh, but I still think that J.K. Rowling's a piece of shit, and she, she's, I don't like what she's been saying about trans people. I think well, it's horrible uh, and disgusting. Well, you, now you're brought up about uh, your beans of the studio and stuff so like that. Is. 
I've been to the studio before I even started the transition, or even when J.K. Rowling's revealed her true colours. I, yeah. I, I even took tests to know that I'm actually part of Ravenclaw, and I think it's like really good stuff. Also, I feel a bit more nostalgic about the Harry Potter universe. That is something I grew up with, but it, but it's not something that I yeah. really hate the author of, of these works. It's just something that makes me uncomfortable because I just feel like whenever I celebrate about it, does this mean like I'm platforming J.K. Rowling as well? So it's it's just not yeah. so great. But anyway, it's not just about the. I was going to ask you a question. Oh, go on. Well, it's not just about the. If yeah. No, you go. go, you, on. go you say what you have to say. <laughs> yeah, just ask me a question because it's talking about other controversies I, too. I was. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same thing. Um, I was going to say, if if Hogwarts Legacy was on Game Pass, would you have played it or tried it, or would you have not? Or would you have just left it? Because I feel like I would... the seventy pound paywall is a reason why I a, a, a good reason why I wouldn't be interested in it anyway. Uh, like, but if it was on Game Pass, I think I might have tried it. I don't know. Would you? Would you? Think? I I don't think I would. In fact. I would no. prefer to try it on the Switch because it would not show up. Oh, it still shows up on the Nintendo profile. Oh, never mind. <laughs> but yeah. I just think if it's like really cheap, like if it's like 10 years later or the 20 years later when the bigots like focus on another things and trans issues is not yeah. no longer refer- referenced by the media, then only then the Hogwarts legacy is like, eh, should be okay to try. But then I don't know because at the moment I'm not yeah. like, 100% comfortable. But anyway, there's yeah, it's not just okay. to do the trans issues, which in this game, it doesn't deal with a huge amount of them. And there's even a trans character yeah. in the game too, which is cool. But there's also... A, but I think the real problem is that the plot of the game is where the goblins are being like doing the uprising and it involves like uh, people like trying to rally them into like attacking Hogwarts. And I'm like, oh gosh, yeah. that's crazy. Because... Uh, Goblin is like they're usually seen as those who work in banks and they're not pleasant and people are like making links with them as if they're they're, like compared to like Jews but I know Mm. this is a bit ridiculous but it's already causing controversy because it places Goblins as antagonists which kind of makes this harmful like uh, some kind of allegory about unions and even that that same with like maybe our fair that yeah. it's not it's not so much like bigoted, but the only thing that's controversial about the plot is just kinda like talks about unions where it did the union about hunters and turns out the leader of them is a villain and a terrible one of that. So it just kinda seems a bit suspicious when you have a plot that goes against unions. Yeah. But in Hogwarts Legacy, that when you have someone that's like has the similar traits as the Jews and making like something like racial stereotypes. It just kind of like mm. makes it like more sus. But when Wisecrack yeah, like looked it. through this plot, they then talked about so much about neoliberalism in Harry Potter and like, uh, okay, just trying to get away from it. But turns out they seem to make so much interesting points about the Harry Potter stuff and how the plot came to be because Harry Potter's, yeah is more of a base on the new Olympism because they try to like go through tradition and the 
routines, like how they try to hide magic from the world and do not want to mix it up yeah. with the real world. And then they just like try to deal with the status quo and hope to be able to make sure it doesn't have a lot of changes with it. And I think it's just what taps into it and what also goes into the game too. So I think for what there's, there's a there's lots of controversies there, I just think that transphobia isn't like a biggest talking subject in the game because there's also like yeah. other controversies with it that shows that Hogwarts legacy is yeah. just like not so great. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's... I don't know. I, I'm I'm really conflicted on it, honestly. <clears throat> As I said, I used to be a Harry Potter fan growing up, and it's like... I don't... I, you know, there's also the points that Xbox has less content than the PlayStation version. They've, like, took stuff out and, like, made it uh, PlayStation exclusive, which is also... It's not really a controversy. It's just me, it puts me off buying it on, play, on Xbox, honestly. Uh, yeah, I don't now, know. I don't know if it's not true. Now, we also go through yeah. the parts that like, I know there's a lot of controversies around that we've been discussing so much about at this show. I know we may have oh, yeah. like, said stuff that people are like, mm, meh. But I think that what the bigger problem is that two years ago, like when I spoke to my parents about, well, my family, when we spoke about the JK Rowling, it's just like, what she said is okay, and and Phil is all right. But then they just said, like, oh, the the people who actually sent all these nasty messages are way worse. But now it just seems to apply to when, like, you have keyboard warriors go into it, where yeah. when people are, like, streaming this game on, like, internet, it's like we stream the game on the Hogwarts Legacy and apparently you're getting some like hateful comments and even drove one of the streamers into tears. So it's like, it's yeah. just really getting too far because it's not just about people who even like call them transphobic for saying about warning them about buying the game. And they seem to yeah. make strawman arguments that like they've been, they're just trying to say, Oh, you buying this game will make you transphobic, or this game means you're a nasty person. But then these are just right. being fabricated as this a strawman argument, when all they're doing is just trying to remind people about when they buy this game and how they just likely to <clears throat> contribute to those controversies. But they're not really telling you to not buy the game because of those things. It's just basically that. If you want to buy the game, that's fine. But just be careful the consequences yeah. you may uh, be contributing to. And yet there's yeah. lots of people like calling them transphobic. Uh, sorry, not transphobic. Calling them, uh, give them insults or all those name calling yeah. because oh, of sure. them telling them to boycott the game. And and I think they're just trying to like, trying to like, make a strawman argument yeah. over it. And I just think it's ridiculous. But it also goes two ways because you have people who actually goes after them. I know even a few people who've... Well, only a few people that I'm seeing on, like, Twitter. And even they just seem to make accusations over people like, oh, you yeah. want to buy... Buying the game makes you transphobic. There's even another certain someone where there's, like... Oh, if you 
if you just go support Ruby, it just means you're contributing to these practices. Someone came in and says like, yeah. oh, uh, everything is terrible anyway, right down to buying shoes and stuff like that. And mind you, it comes... True. And then and then she said to them like, oh, does this mean you have to buy the game Hogwarts Legacy and that and, the, and when it's actually makes you transphobic? And they're just like, it's just overstretching it. It just seems as if yeah. people are like trying to throw their anger about towards others and it just seems as if they're trying to bully them into like not buying the game which leads to what the yeah. NPS we trust guys saying that and I think it's very good I recommend you listen to their podcast around Hogwarts Legacy because I agree yeah. with lots of points there and saying that it's it's really fine it's okay for you to feel about Hogwarts Legacy and if you want to buy the game you try it out the real problem is yeah. is that you're not really supposed to attack people because of what they made the decision about supporting the game and and you should respect them for how you buy the game and i think i agree also, because because i think yeah. the trouble is they sh people should not really bully others for making an opinion the only yeah. decisions they make for themselves is whether they feel comfortable buying the game also i feel like if you do buy the game you are playing the game it's that Someone going, oh, you're a transphobe, swearing at you and bullying you. That's not going to convince you. To, that's just going to make you like, like, that. You, that's not going to change your opinion. Like treating someone like crap, they're not going to go. Oh, you know what? You've been really nasty to me, so I'm going to agree with everything you've just said. Like that doesn't work. You like, if you want to convince someone to not do something, you don't bully them. Like that's just going to make them do the opposite. Like you're just giving it, like you're making it, like if anything, you're like reinforcing their like their choice by being a bully. So don't bully people. It just doesn't make sense. It's just stupid. Exactly. It's just stupid. It doesn't make sense. Um, it's the stupid. short uh, and that reminds me that I should give them a strategy. Like, if you're going to tell people to boycott the game, well, it's okay if you, as long as you warn them, that's fine. Just as long as you don't try to put them in a guilt trip to do that. But that's not yeah. going to work because boycotting does not work. But when you go yeah, attack people because they decide to either buy the game or not buy the game, that's going to raise the yeah. issue so much that it makes the game more popular. Like, if you're going to make a huge yeah. noise and just bring, like, say, like, try to vilify or say all the controversial things then you just end up promoting the game because you're raising these issues up. And that's just oh, yeah. how, like, the works by controversial people are now, like, getting more sales because people can't stop talking about those kind of works. Exactly. I was going to say that. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I feel like if, this, if there was no controversy around this game, I think this game would have just come and gone, and I don't think it would have sold that well. But the controversy is now like the highest selling game on like in Steam history and stuff like that. It's ridiculous. Like it was breaking a load of records when it came out. I don't think anyone would even be talking about this game if it was it had no controversy because it looks kind of mid. It looks meh. It looks alright. Looks like a seven or eight out of ten. It doesn't look like it's the next like God of War or or like Starfield or or like Breath of the Wild. It doesn't look like it's anything like that breathtaking that I don't think anyone would be even talking about it if it wasn't for this controversy to be perfectly honest I think uh, most people would have just gone over it well there's, a, there's also another thing that I would state that 
the surefire way of getting people to not buy the game is to make it don't run so well. Like Hogwarts Legacy yeah. got gets a high review score, and people think, oh, this game is great, so I'm going to buy that. And they don't really care about the controversy. If it's getting good review scores, they are most likely to get the game. But if they find the game has yeah. got like loads of bugs and lots of issues with it, then they're not likely to buy the game. And that's what they care more than a controversy. Like Atomic Heart, like at the moment, it's not so buggy, but the gameplay isn't that great. So some people may not buy yeah. it, but they don't. But then people are going to reviews on that game and say like, <clears throat> this is pro-Russian, so don't buy the game to support Ukraine. Like, no. But I've been, but I kept seeing reviews saying like, this game's got glitches, interest though, and stuff like that. And I think it just pops up more than people telling them to not buy the game to support Ukraine. It's like, uh, yeah. okay. And it, you just pointed think... me to the tweet where someone is playing Atomic Heart and Stalker Two and streaming them because they said yeah. that you shouldn't it politics should not influence you to play those games and i think that's a fair point also i was going to say as well if we do review we do reviews <laughs> on this channel now that's like a thing we want to do i don't think ever in our reviews will ever go we're giving this this game less of a score or higher of a score because of a political standing or some kind of some kind of boycotted or whatever like that like if we're going to review a game we're going to review the game on its own merits we're not going to so basically i'm not going to go atomic heart we're giving it a five out of ten because it's pro-russian and we're going to reduce the score by like three points like we're never going to do that on this channel we're going to try and review a game on its own merits how good it yes. is on its own 100 without this without the political subtext or anything that behind it so, also, uh, yeah. it comes out on the Game Pass, so technically it is related to what we're talking about. Because if Hogwarts yeah. Legacy came out on Game Pass, maybe we could review it, but I don't think we're likely to yeah. review it anyway. So yeah, we, yeah. we would be considered hypocrites with that. But I was also going to bring out the example where Cyberpunk 2077, and there's some like controversies where yeah. there's Poland and there's anti-LGBT, and, and that is despite that Project Red of some sort, they they are putting like more trans friendly stuff, and but there's a lot of controversies around it, and there's and it's like people are not likely to enjoy oh, that. But as it yeah. turns out, this game is popular. It's actually very popular with trans people, even though it has like uh, some gender identity controversies with it. It's still loved by many of trans people and it's even being talked about this way because when I played just the first like 30 minutes of Cyberpunk 2077, three of my trans friends have actually like uh, like talked about it and it's just as if it's still a relevant game. But I think that what yeah. many drove many people off is not to deal with the controversy. It's also it's actually to deal with the glitches and how the game wasn't that optimal and the consoles and you just feel like you have to wait for the patch in order to get it yeah uh yeah exactly uh, i i've got i still gonna go back and play some cyberpunk i mean it's improved a lot since it released um so, so uh, we've got one more segment to go after this and we're we've well an hour and a half into the podcast uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before we Chief, move on Chief, 
we still have to talk about because it's not just about Hogwarts Legacy. We also talk no, about Atomic ahead, Heart because Atomic yeah. Heart has also got some questions there. Which, if I follow this link here, Atomic Heart okay. is also a con another controversial game too. So it says mm. here there's some like concerns and how uh, Mundfish, which is the developer of the game, there's some like glorification of Russian marketing. And there's like apparent mm -hmm. origins of Mudfish as a Russian entity, as well as some investment by Russian companies. And there's right. even like lots of things going on. Plus, there's a video that like lambasts this video up. And it's been talking about like how they use the twins to promote the game. And it's been complained about this like uh, some sexualization for the robots and stuff like that. But I think it just seems like, okay. um, I think it's just trying to like, raise the issue of how much it like promotes Russia and feel as if it's going against Ukraine. Yeah. But then I think it's just trying to make a molehill out of the political, uh, like all this stuff there. And it just seems like it's not, it's just kind of a bit out of hand. Even Mundfish just like went to the Twitter and said, guys, we have noted the questions surrounding where, where we at Mundfish stand. We want to assure you that Mudfish is a developer and studio, but the global team focused on an innovative game and is undoubtedly pro, a pro-peace organisation against violence against people. Even Nick, Mick yeah. Gordon, who then made a statement, and he said he's going to like donate yeah. his fee towards helping out people at Ukraine too. So it's not like the people yeah. working behind it. It's, like, it's not like going against is certainly like contribute to the war they're actually going against it and they are yeah. very very aware of this war and they would rather just be able to be supportive of all the people involved um what do you think yeah no i agree and then also i, I was like because we play we've both played a bit of the game the game doesn't come across to me like rush like a pro-russia game it's not like it doesn't feel like it's propaganda for like oh wow russia is so cool you know it's the best place on earth like if you play the game the place is like it's all going to shit everything's not everyone's dying <laughs> and stuff it's like this isn't a good look for russia it's not a, like a, like oh you know what i want to go russia now because this game really look really cool and it's like no it doesn't it, it's a uh, apocalyptic. It's a. It's not a very positive take on the Russian on the Russian government. So you know, it's not like you know. I don't feel like it's a pro propaganda thing. If the if they've come out and said that they're pro peace, then I don't see what anyone's problem is. I mean, I know like, you know, people have to live, and some people live in Russia, and they don't necessarily support the Vladimir Putin. Like, we're British. I can't stand the Tories, but they run the country. I can't control that. Like, you know, it's like, you know, I don't agree with anything that Rishi Sunak says or Boris Johnson before him. So, you know, what, like, I, I like, just because I'm British, I have to agree with everything that uh, politicians say. I mean, that's like, it's not true, is it? I mean, like, honestly. Exactly. You did bring this uh, topic up. And in Russia, Many people there do not agree with the war and are even like going yeah. against what uh, Vladimir Putin is deciding for Russia. Also, there's some stuff going on. They say that soldiers have to like go into the war and s 
they're even being lied to about their successes there. And it's almost as if they've been yeah. manipulated to take part of a war, even though it just like has huge implications to what's happening. So it's just like as if like you don't really it just even the Russia Russian people is just don't really approve of this war and it has dire consequences. So I yeah. think it's just almost as if we're not being fair if we're somehow criticizing anything that comes out of Russia. But also, we are we are yeah. allowed to be able to like uh, talk about the game in based on how well it performs, how well it plays. But if we're gonna like talk about uh, political aspects of it, then it just kind of makes it a bit ridiculous too. Like, are we supposed to like uh, yeah. like decide, judge of the game based on the political outlook? Because if we start to do that for everything we play exactly. or everything we buy, then we're going to end up constricting ourselves uh, on how we do those things. And we're just not going to be able to talk about anything and try to run our boring lives, trying to avoid anything that gives uh, terrible companies any money. Exactly. It's just now impossible. It's just like we're expected to grow potatoes and cook them. I know I don't want to belittle anyone who has any concerns because this is entirely a decision on how you support them. We're just show, yeah. telling you that trying to be able to maintain a moral ground on how we be able to support the well-being of all these people is almost impossible because every company yeah. or corporation you see, you're always going to have issues with it. Another example is the high on life, which. There's been a lot, it's been talked about a lot um, during the last podcast episodes. You even did the impression of like Rick and Morty there. Uh, I don't know, Rick. <laughs> I'm Morty. That's, like the, that's my whole Rick and Morty impression. I'm Morty. Good Morty. <laughs> um, well, in the moment, Higher Life is controversial because the creator who made Rick and Morty there. Um, uh, if I can look up for the no, creator there. Uh, Jason, Ro Ro Jason Ro Ro Rowland? Yes. Justin Rowland. Uh, yes. Because he's being charged for domestic violence and Adult Swim has cut ties with him, which means yeah. that that means it kind of puts a question on higher life as a game. So unfortunately, this yeah. is like what happens there. I haven't had a chance to play it, but then again, it's just like uh, the game's not like well received anyway. But as even Sorry. before this domestic violence cases came up, and yeah. we weren't even thinking about like high in life, but now it just seems to be a bit too late because now you just feel about the creator, and you just seems to have this extra dimension of thinking whether you want to play the game or yeah. not. I mean, it's and the highest. It was the uh, broke records for Game Pass, the highest third-party game in the Game Pass history, uh, downloads and plays. So a lot of people have played Hard Life. A lot of people have tried it. So yeah, it is interesting to think that now it's uh, under a lot of scrutiny. Like that's yeah, because like we're talking about boycotting things. It's like we're boycotting things that are coming forward, but then like stuff that's already come out, like we retrospectively go back and like not go back yeah it's interesting I, i've never really, i haven't finished higher life it's still on my hard drive to finish i've played about an hour or two into it do i go back and play it or does that make me a hypocrite i don't know that you know it, and yeah, this and this brings me to another point that 
Hogwarts Legacy is an open world Harry Potter yep. game, and if it came out like a decade ago, then we may end up playing it because we're still in love with Harry oh, Potter. Yeah. If it came out doing where the movies are coming out, then we get to still play it, and it is like revolutionary. It's just revived a bit too late because of what J.K. Rowling has said online. And now people are having this extra dimension of thinking and knowing whether it is morally good to actually buy the or play the game. When in retro aspect, it's not really because it's down to your own decision on how you feel about buying and supporting the game. So this is where we lead to the conclusion that at the end of the day, it is up to you to play the game if you want to. But it's not up to others to judge you. Just be careful of the consequences of buying said games. Exactly. I think we could talk about this for another two hours. We've already talked about it for about an hour now. So I, we could keep going. I have so much more I could say. But what do you guys think? Let us know in the comments below. It really is a fascinating subject. Um, yeah, it's something we could, as I said, we could talk about this all day. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add before we move on to our final segment of the show? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I'd like to talk about that because we thought it's going to be two hours, but now we just already got yeah. down the last segment. And this is a new feature where from mm. every week, we need to keep up with the off-topic discussions because at the moment, outside of the box episodes are getting more popular than the Potter's episodes, but it depends whether it's the yeah. length or the fact we're talking about other subjects. So, every week, I ask you, Potato Chief, one last question. Think of it as a Weather Times interview where you interview a celebrity and then you give them one last okay. question that is like, like is huge, ridiculous, or anything like that. Uh, okay. So, in this feature, I ask you one final question and it is seldom related to what we're talking about. So, let's begin. All right. Let's go. I'm ready. Question time. Do, 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 do. Do, do. I'm just thinking, you know, like a master. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of the... Do, 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 do. Well, anyway, let's move on to it. Now, my first question for Chief, it may be influenced by Twitter in the later episodes, depending on the fame. But now, I get to ask the questions. So, for this question... <clears throat> let's go on with it. <laughs> it's got a bit too long. Um, another company... I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Another company that's been tied to controversy is Roosterteeth. Back in October of last year, many people have shared accounts where they have suffered workplace abuse and has dealt with a lot of like hateful slurs in the workplace as well. And it's turned into a huge snowball where everyone is now criticizing Rooster Teeth for what they did to them. And even one of these people who has an idea for Nomad of Nowhere, who apparently they tried to get, get the show off the ground, but it did not happen and couldn't get the whites back to it, which means he has to get used to the fact he lost the franchise of Nomad of Nowhere. And now uh, Rooster Team right. at the moment is running the podcast network and they and the biggest show of Rooster Team animation is Ruby Falling 9, which is now coming out on Country World, which just released last Saturday. 
but the the controversy still stands and it's affecting the people's enjoyment of the whole franchise's by Rooster Teeth. Especially with Genlock has been involved in a lot of controversy many years ago, which many people don't seem to realise that. So, I know it's a bit worded there, but the question I have for you, yep. Potato Chief, <laughs> is what is your honest opinion on the future of Rooster Teeth and their show, Ruby? Uh, okay. Honestly, we've, we seem to go through this every week. I don't care about Ruby or have any interest in Ruby whatsoever. <laughs> um, it sounds like it's going down in flames. I mean, that sounds about right. Uh, I used to like Rooster Teeth a lot, and then you had the stuff with Ryan Haywood, and that was horrible. And then you had the stuff with Matt Bragg, and that's horrible. And then you had the stuff with Adam Kovic, and that's horrible. And then, like, Bernie Burns left and sold it. And I don't know. I have I've I used to really like Rooster Teeth, and I've really not watched Rooster Teeth in a while now. I've kind of really got off it. Um, you know, I'll still watch the occasional thing. Like, I was watching... Um, oh, was it, I can't remember his surname now, but Mike, Michael Mogar playing Metro oh, Prime. Michael Jones. Michael Jones, yeah. Uh, I was thinking t- uh, Tuggy, but that's his wife's old surname. Um, anyway. Uh, oh, yeah, Lindsay so Jones. Lindsay and, Lindsay and Michael, yeah. So I'll, wa- I'll sometimes watch their stuff on like Let's Play and stuff, but I haven't really watched much Rooster Teeth in years. I used to really like Rooster Teeth back in the day, but then there's so many controversies that it's like, yeah, it kind of put me off watching them, really. Like I used to, as I said, I used to like all the stuff. Ryan Haywood used to, I find, used to find him really funny, and now he's gone because of a, uh, for a good reason, because he's a controversial uh, person. Um, uh, and then, uh, yeah, and there's a lot of people on there that have gone. There's a, a lot of people have left, and it's it's changed a lot. And I'm not really interested in Ruby whatsoever. I, as I said multiple times on this show, I've not really watched Ruby since season three. Uh, and I wasn't super into it when I did watch it the first time. I feel like it's it's not my cup of tea. It feels like it kind of it wants to be an, a Japanese anime, but it's not a Japanese anime. It's American, and it's not it's not got the charm of a Japanese anime. <laughs> In my personal opinion, I'm not super into it. Um, I it's like you know, I used to I used to watch Naruto and stuff back in the day, but I haven't really watched much anime since. Uh, Years, so I, you know, and Ruby's like, nah, not interested really. So sounds as if you're not really into. Yes, question. Uh, I don't really care. (laughs) It's probably it's probably gonna be gone. Uh, From what you've told me, because you you seem to be keeping me up to date, uh, it sounds like it's gonna be going off. Like people seem to have lost interest in it. So yeah. Which you lost the fans, that's it really. You're not going to get them back. So, yeah, it seems like they've lost I... the fan base. They're interested in it. So I think it's going to not last too much longer, personally. So I, I don't really mean to like interrupt you because I know it's supposed to be your views and like Jerry Springer, uh, well, final say on this thing. But for yeah. me, I don't really have a lot of hopes for the future for both of them because, well, two things. Ruby, it's already, like, getting noticed by fans and people are, like, fucking over it. 
and like watching it, even though they're a bit disappointed about the Ruby, uh, sorry, the Crunchyroll exclusivity, but it's pretty much good for some. But I think depending on the success of Ruby Volume Nine and the Justice League crossover, like you've seen the trailer for it, <laughs> it's where like Superman and Batman work with Ruby heroes. I mean, that's something quite interesting, is it? Not really. <laughs> well, <laughs> but it really depends on like how this one and Volume Nine. Uh, have performed and it just really determines if Ruby is going to get a volume 10 or not but I'm not that enthusiastic about it I used to follow it a lot but I just think there's too much controversy that kind of brings up the negatives of the show so I just don't really think it's gonna like last forever it's a bit of a shame really but as for the Aristotle I like to see them as a skeleton crew where they used to be huge but the workplace that they have a lot of controversies in order to get high up in the ranks. And now it's just like yeah. they cut down a lot of animation projects. They didn't do a lot of the fun stuff anymore. And they got a lot of controversial people on board, which means this kind of gets shimmered down to just a podcast network. And I feel it's what they're oh. going to be remembered uh, as, really. I've also forgot to mention that um, it's not been the same since Monty's uh, passing as well. I forgot to mention that as well because he was uh, a huge yes. part of the Ruby and stuff and uh, ever since he passed it's not been the same. That's yeah. That's also important to mention. Yeah, I think I would like to address this because I think people, fans are assuming this if people are getting it wrong whenever they, whenever they bring up about Monty's passing and affecting the whole thing. Two things that Yes. <laughs> Monty has been working with Carrie and Miles from the very get-go so Carrie and Miles yeah. are still continuing the show after his passing it was actually yeah. Shane's letter that talks about his views and how the ideas have been changed based on Bruce Steve and I feel this one is what led to the divide between the fans and the fan base which leads to haters and the fans and it turns into a more yeah. heated argument and yet there are still people who are outside the fandom still believes in a lot of like mistruths that they still believe in unless they have to talk to the fans who are actually correct on all those things. Like, Mod no, don't say the Montes Demon is as if you know him by wishes because that's disrespectful. And it is still disrespectful if you uh, said about Monty Eminus wish uh, by best wish. I don't know. Because he's got really good friends who still support him. And Rooster they still care about the franchise and they are determined to keep going with it. And also with, like, Kerry and Miles, I know there's some, like, a lot of bad stuff to say about them, but they've been through this process and even been working with Monty since the show began. And I think there's a lot of criticisms that ends up making this a lot of misinformation that even the creators are have been trying so much to convince people that what they said is not true. And yet, some of this misinformation is even bring, brought over to the people outside the fandom as well. So, is this just, like, gone really out of hand? And I just feel that the divide between the fans and everyone else, this just seems like a bit of a theme. So, yeah. to be honest, like, I really respect Kruby for running the show, and I'm glad they're doing everything to support Monty, even his passing. 
even though they're just yeah. one and the distancing the way from the creators they work on the later volumes like Game of Thrones but <clears throat> yeah a lot of the arguments some of them are ridiculous are not good but I think the yeah. trouble is that the show hasn't been very incons- has been hasn't been very consistent in how they deal with the direction and I feel as if they overscoped when it comes to it so <coughs> sorry I've been talking for about almost two hours but but the truth yeah. is that I still recommend people to watch the show if they haven't and check out the first one, see what they think. But the show isn't that huge. And unlike what fans have seen, it's still like a niche and it's not known by everyone. Yeah. And it's not even gone to the top of the most popular lists on Crunchyroll. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, you know a lot more about it than I do, to be perfectly honest, so I'll let you uh, sit with that one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we've been going for nearly two hours now. Maybe we should start trying to wrap up, uh, if that's all right. Um, so, yeah, uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, it's been a bit of a controversial episode. Not really. I, 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 we talked about some controversial stuff, but we, we I think we hopefully... We uh, were quite level-headed about it. Let us know what you think in the comments below. If you are you interested in playing Atomic Car or Hogwarts Legacy? Are you boycotting either of those games? Is there anything you are boycotting, like products or games or anything? Let us know. Um, really fascinated to see. Uh, are you a big fan of Ruby? Because I'm not really. But if you are, let us know in the comments below. And um, you know, uh, I'm sure Alice would love to hear from you. <laughs> Um, I'm not that one hundred percent interested in it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's it for this week. If you if you're new to the channel, please subscribe. Uh, if you're listening for the, you've listened to the whole like hour and a half, two hours, we really appreciate it. Please subscribe if you if you haven't. Um, and thank you guys for watching. And until next time, too sweet. And uh, well, actually, you didn't ask me what I say about it, so I like to also state that. I know we made an episode about free for free and we made some outlandish points. So just in case if anyone like goes to the comments and say about those kind of things that uh, we should put the disclaimer in the description that we'll be talking about a lot of controversies and that includes transphobia. So just yeah. don't try to be too offended when you hear those points because we're trying to understand as much as we can about it. So if there are points that we got wrong or where we said some stuff that didn't work out, then please do not hesitate to let us know in the comments. Be polite and be nice Definitely. about it. And if you and if you like point out if there's anything wrong we said, then we will do our best to learn about it because we're not always experts on this. Just like for the Metro Prime no. video, like we're not always gonna have a huge book of the things that as well we search. Like, we're not doing the thesis. True. All we're doing is just, like, subjective opinions over all of this, which means we, yeah. we're not, we don't have to be fully objective about it. But if you want to, like, correct us on any objective stuff we said, then please let us know in the comments. And just please be sure. respectful to us, too, because the last thing we want is that having a huge argument over what we're saying and said all those things, because... All I want people is to understand and how it's important to keep their people's well-being. And 
and we do not sure. really want to have a huge fight on our hands just to because the because at the end of the day it's just like we don't really want to be uh, attacked because we speak up about the, those kind of things we're doing this sure. so that we can get everyone to understand and we're not trying to go against other people's opinions about it we're just like stating that what is yeah. supposed to be the truth or what we're supposed to how we feel and it's something that we're not meant to be challenged on it so i think that's about it <laughs> for sure for sure uh yeah so we, well, yeah pretty much everything you just said uh let us know what you think in the comments below i said we're not we don't claim to know everything but we we try to be as knowledgeable as we can be when it comes to stuff like this but obviously if we've missed anything let us know in the comments below that's really important uh yeah we, we'd love to hear from you guys uh i'll probably end up the, wrapping up the video now because my dog's decided to wake up so she's probably gonna knock the mic <laughs> out again if we uh -oh. <laughs> uh, we better hurry uh thank you guys for watching um is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up yeah no that's all right that's why he's just basically said so <laughs> all right well thank you guys for watching and until next time too sweet bye guys Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the X Marks the Box podcast. Follow us at X Marks Box on Twitter or X Marks the Box on YouTube. And follow us on all audio podcast services. Thanks for listening.